One of the shows I watched religiously as a kid was Scooby-Doo in all available variations of the show. My devotion to the show added to my own delusions that when I got older, I was going to join a group of roaming mystery solvers, which did not pan out as anticipated. It also gave me far too much trust in people who drive vans with shag carpeting on the inside and murals on the outside. And it led me to believe I was going to run into a lot more people who were just roaming around wearing disguises. Like, in my hometown I was going to run across some of my 70 year old neighbors walking around disguised in fake noses. This is Bittersweet Ramblings. And I'm pretty sure I can figure out if the person in line next to me is wearing a fake nose. Pretty sure. So recently I was thinking about the Scooby-Doo gang and I came to the realization that in reality they were vagabonds. They were the sort of original van life people. They pretty much live 24-7 in a van. A van that they loved so much that they named it. Then painted a mural on the side of the van with the van's name in psychedelic lettering with a few flowers. Granted, the mural had a sort of dual purpose as an advertisement for their detective services, but that's still a lot of van love. I will admit, as much affection as I have for that van, I would not want to spend any time in it. Especially since it was a van that had to have shag carpeting on the inside, like 70s, early 80s shag carpeting, which just absorbs smell and will not release it no matter how many times you try to wash it. It's going to be smelly, dirt-encrusted, germy shag carpeting that had to have reeked of body odor and dog hair. And I'm not ruling out bed bugs either. Because the Scooby van was always packed in that van, kind of sardine-like. And if you have ever been on a long trip in a car or a van, you know what it smells like after a long trip. People will rent vehicles so that their car does not absorb the smell of like a huge group of people, like just sitting in an enclosed area for hours and hours on end, in a tiny sort of cramped kind of position. When you're on a trip, before you get back into that vehicle, you have to usually, if it's nice out, or if it's not, just leave the doors and windows open for a bit to get some of the stink out. The addition of shag carpeting, it just helps to hold on to those smells and any dirt, and the reek would just accumulate trip after trip after trip. Also, the Scooby Gang all just had one set of clothes each. On occasion they would pull out either like coats or hats if they were in the mountains or a swimming suit if they were on the beach. But really, when it comes down to it, they all just had one outfit. And this was the 70s and based on the colors, those clothes were definitely polyester. A fabric that will attract and hold on to every funky smell that comes within 10 feet of it. I wonder what it looked like when they stopped by a laundromat to wash that single set of clothes they had. Or if they just sort of, you know, put on their winter clothes or walking around like 
middle of the summer heat with hats and coats on and nothing else. Everyone just stripping down and shoving all their clothes into one washing machine and then using the hand soap and the sinks and the bathrooms to kind of hose themselves down. I'm guessing that it wasn't happy fun time for the laundromat workers. Now this was clearly a mystery solving team who would work for room and board for a few nights. I mean, they were hippies living off the grid, man. They were always sleeping at random places they ran across while driving. After all, if they couldn't find a place to stay, they had to tough it out in the van, and there had to be plenty of nights that they slept in the van. So, of course they're going to look for mysteries to solve. The Scooby-Doo gang was probably going from place to place based on what ads were in the classified section of the papers, looking for anyone seeking help for weird problems. Then they show up and they make their pitch. Well, sir, in order to really dig into this mystery, we're gonna have to spend the night here. No choice in the matter. And the owners shrug and pointedly show them the bathrooms and mention that they could take a shower at any time, even now. Right now, right now would be a good time for a shower. Then they hit the showers and they go to the kitchen to scrounge up food whenever they could. And that's why they ate like bad every time there was food available. And the gang would hold tight to that place to stay until that mystery was solved. Because no mystery to solve, no bed for the night. It doesn't matter what shit you throw at them. You are not going to run them off of a mystery. That's room and board. Oh, oh, so you, you want to scare me off in the middle of the night? Try sleeping in the middle of a swamp crammed into a van with a group of people and a Great Dane waking up in the middle of the night and wondering if you can hold it or if you risk who knows what's in that swamp to pee in the middle of the night. You do not know nor could you understand the things that they have seen and smelled. If you think your stupid little hologram is going to run me away from a bed with clean sheets for the night, you are sorely mistaken. When they've about run out their welcome, they've finished solving the mystery and ask for enough cash to cover the gas money to make it to the next town. And then sometimes, sometimes they weren't able to find a mystery, and they would resort to looking for abandoned places to stay in for a night or two. They would knock on the door and no one would answer. And they're like, well, no one home. What's that? It looks like this door just got kicked in or the lock was somehow mysteriously picked. Since it's open, I guess we'll just have to go in and make ourselves comfortable for the night. Let's go see what's in the kitchen. Because when it came down to it, they all travel in a van that breaks down quite a bit. So the payments for the mystery solving do not seem to be covering all of the expenses. Their livelihood is tied to their van, and if they can't keep their van in shape, that's a good sign that they're missing out on a lot of other expenses. Honestly, they're probably just traveling all over looking for a good fixer-upper for a fair price. They can put in the work. They have all sorts of pent-up creative energy. Just look at the traps they dream up. That right there is some quality craftsmanship. And why else would they be running all over the country, from decrepit old house to decrepit old house? They're looking at houses in swamps. They're looking at houses in snow-covered mountains. They're going to desert ghost towns and do oceanfront amusement parks. They are covering some massive miles. 
and they're specifically looking for places that are haunted because they can get a haunted mansion at a discount and make a, you know, a nice little commune for mystery lovers with a restaurant and sandwich shop on the side. Just a little bed and breakfast where they make the rooms habitable and have a few meals and some snacks available. Then they can solve some local mysteries on the side. If, if they weren't looking for a fixer-upper, why were they wandering from place to place, never really settling down? What were they running from? This group isn't the A-Team on the run from the military, or the Hulk on the run from property destruction charges. What laws did they break? Did they jaywalk? I bet they jaywalked. And now, now they're on the lam, trying to outrun those jaywalking charges. Good kids who walked on the wrong side of the law. My mom used to jaywalk with us when we were kids. We were in the small city we used to go shopping in. Then when we were downtown, we would cross the fairly deserted street. And I knew, I knew in my kid brain that the 5-0 was right around the corner, just waiting, just waiting for a mom and her kids to take a walk on the wild side. We were one step away from being thrown in the slammer or, or just getting ticketed for our illegal ways. It was just a matter of time. And and I was too young to have a record, Mom. And and yes, maybe I was obnoxious enough as a kid where I would go to the stoplight while everyone else jaywalked and I would wait for the walk light to turn and then cross the street that way. I was born to be a rule breaker, I was. So I think that's what it was. I, I think that the Scooby-Doo gang was running from trumped-up jaywalking charges. They they tried to stay on the right side of the law, but now they're on the run, just staying one step ahead of the cops. Wherever they end up, they end up leaving town in a rush. And why? A. Because they just can't be held down. B. Because while they may be street smart, they all smell like they've been living in a van, like that van just had to be ripe. And C, and this is the most important reason, in every town they go to, they keep sending prominent town citizens to jail. And this is not a great way to ingratiate yourself to the neighborhood. No matter where they go, they just keep running into criminals. And the criminals they run into are usually a beloved citizen. That's right, from the citizen's point of view, Things were going just fine for the neighborhood. Yeah, someone would plant a flower bed in the shape of a penis at the park every so often. Or, you know, steal the precious town gnome from the Welcome to Townsville sign. But it was just one of those things. Probably teenagers. And then these outsiders just wander in and solve the mystery. And the next thing you know, Miss Jenny is in lockup. Miss Jenny, who is known for her lemon bars, one of the only edible items at the annual potluck in the park. This smelly van of kids just comes rolling into town and within a day or so, no more lemon bars at the potluck. Now, the town is stuck 
with jellied spaghettios and hot dogs from Brenda, who never really got over the jellied meat phase. Or whatever Johnny makes. Johnny, the local animal hoarder. Because no matter what dish he makes or buys, you're going to find yourself chewing on dog hair or coughing up hairballs for the next day or two. Or Tommy's chili. Because Tommy insists on buying the hottest chili peppers he can get on the internet and challenging everyone to eat it to prove they're tough. Just eat the chili, man. And everyone who eats it fries their taste buds and stops feeling their faces for the next two days. Because Tommy is a macho asshole who can't enjoy food, he needs to turn it into some weird taste-destroying competition. Why couldn't they have locked up Millie, who always makes cabbage surprise? The surprise, by the way, usually shows up about two hours after eating, lasts for a few days, and puts the latest air freshener technologies to the test. Nothing leaves you with the amount of regret that eating Millie's cabbage surprise does, and she always stands by the table with her walker to make sure that everybody tries some, and then meanders over to each table to make sure that you eat it, because cabbage people suck. And now the sheriff's looking for any reason to get rid of them, because the lemon bars are out and cabbage surprise is still in. He does a quick background check on them, and what do you know, he finds something. Strolls up to them and says, Looks like you kids have a warrant out for your arrest. Jaywalking and fleeing the charges, huh? I could see it the second you set foot in this town. You look like the jaywalking type. Tell you what, I'm gonna walk right over to that corner shop over there and get a little something to drink. And by the time I walk out, you better be gone. And I don't want to see your jaywalking asses back in this town ever again. And at some point in time, take a shower because you all smell like a wad of dog hair that was soaked in sardine juice laced with cat urine and left to ripen in the sun for a few days. And the sheriff walks off to the corner store. Which is a good thing in the long run because if they stuck around there, they'd have to go to a potluck where they were forced to eat cabbage surprise and that's just unadulterated torture. So, again, Jay walks back across the street to get into their van, they crawl in, they pull out a big red marker, and they pull out a map with a bunch of red X's on it, and they cross off another town on the map. Well, gang, what do you say we head to the beach next? There's an amusement park with a robot problem. This episode, again, came out a little bit later than I was expecting because I had to re-record it. The first time I tried to record it, it sounded like I was talking into a spittoon in an air shaft vent of a huge building as the fan was blowing. And after a week or two of trying to convince myself I could fix it, I realized I suck at audio and was just going to have to start from scratch. Thank you for listening and have a good night.